This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, it's Melissa Rivers, and welcome to Group Text. Stay tuned for a new episode. Hey everyone, welcome to Group Text. Let's be honest. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm always honest. We all love gossip, specifically celebrity gossip, and no one has been there since the beginning more than our guest today, Perez Hilton. Hello, Perez. Hello, and I'm so happy you started that way because um, I was recently doing an interview for the New York Times about gossip and how... Um, it's bringing people together now that we're leaving pandemic life and how it's not necessarily a bad thing was my take on it uh, because Jennifer Lawrence, Oscar winner, A-list actress was a guest on a podcast recently and she was giddy as a sorority girl yapping with the co-host like, oh my god Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez are back together oh my god Jennifer so you know gossip doesn't need to be just the bad and the negative and the destructive and the scandal you know people also like new couples or babies or fashion or god could you believe what she was wearing or she looks so fierce or things that inspire you I, I don't think that gossip is bad and i think one of the reasons for that is i grew up in a cuban household and for latinos that's part of our DNA to gossip. It, it has zero negative connotations. Everybody does it. It's a cultural thing. It just means you're informed. Yeah. <laughs> oh my so, God. I love your energy. I love it. I need it all day. It's life. But I want to roll back to the beginning because you actually, if I'm correct, were around before TMZ. Yeah. I think I gave them the idea to start TMZ because while things continue to constantly evolve with the internet and social media, one thing remains the same, the speed at which things can happen. You can share information so quickly and a star can be born overnight, so to speak. I mean, we saw that hugely last year when people were locked in their homes and quarantine and so many pandemic creators burst upon the scene. And I was so thrilled that it wasn't just, you know, these teenagers, right. like Les Leslie Jordan, the, the fabulous older gay actor went from having almost no followers on Instagram to then millions of followers because people found him, he went viral and they really loved his content. So I started doing what I do now in September of 2004. Okay, and let's just, I'm gonna stop you right there. He's a trailblazer. I mean, I know, we can go right on. I want to go. How did Perez Hilton come to be? And how did you eventually have that become your noob de plomb? 
And she doesn't mean non that you were formed in your mother's no. womb with your dad's sperm. She's no. not talking about that way. You're your nom de plume. <laughs> yes. Because you, and I'm just going to throw this in, had lots of jobs. What what brought you to Los Angeles and how did you become Perez Hilton other than working as a temp at e-reception? <laughs> um, I went to school in New York City. I went to NYU to study acting and I came out to Los Angeles with the dream. I was very specific with what I wanted though. I wanted to be the next Sean Hayes. You know, my I, I actually went to NYU hoping to be the next Sean, like that was on my vision board because I, I think I've always been very good at being honest, not just about others, but myself as well. I knew that I would never pass as a believable heterosexual lead in a romantic comedy or whatever. And I was fine with that. I just wanted to be part of an ensemble, be the gay best friend, the crazy cousin, the wacky neighbor, whatever it might be. And like it happens for most people who come out to Los Angeles, my dreams of becoming an actor never panned out. I ended up doing a bunch of different jobs from publicist to working at a gay nonprofit. And in 2004, I was working at a gay men's magazine. And this was before social media. Mm -hmm. In 2004, there was no YouTube. There was no Instagram. There was no TikTok. There was no Twitter. There was no nothing. Right. Uh, there was Facebook. Facebook launched that same year. And at the beginning, Facebook was just for college students and invite only. So if you're an old folk like myself, you couldn't even join Facebook. So when I discovered the world of blogging, it just seemed so new and like a hobby. I'm like, let me just try this out. And what really allowed me to pursue that is that it was so simple. I, I found this platform called Blogspot or Blogger that actually at the time or shortly thereafter, Rosie O'Donnell used to have a blog on there as well, where she would write like diary entries in the form of poetry. Does, do you remember that? Vaguely. Oh, it's so funny. I was obsessed with Rosie's poem blog about her life. Uh, and I just started as a hobby, not thinking anything of it. And I remember at the time, the only social media I had was this now defunct thing called Friendster. I remember Friendster. I thought you were gonna I say know. like, I thought you were gonna say MySpace or something no. yeah, like that. Yeah, Friendster, MySpace, yeah. Napster. <laughs> Friendster was before MySpace, which is one of the reasons why I never joined MySpace. I didn't understand it. I'm like, I've already got Friendster. Friendster is doing the same thing that MySpace is. Why am I gonna join MySpace? So I remember at the beginning of my blog, my little hobby, I said, oh, this is fun. Let me put a little bulletin on, on Friendster to let my friends know that I have this, not thinking anything would ever happen because nobody before me ever did what I have done. You know, Paris Hilton, whom I love and you know, yeah. has been going around calling herself the original influencer. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> And I say that with love, like, let's break it down. Paris Hilton was born an heiress. She chose then to become a socialite, then made the move to traditional media starring in television. Her path to success was traditional. My entire career, 17 years now, is thanks to non-traditional media. And I was the first, you know, I see all these, 
YouTubers and TikTokers. I'm like, oh, I did that. I got in trouble for that. Oh, I, I, I laid the, the groundwork for all of them. How and did you, I was going to say, okay, so back to the beginning. Yes. How did you come up with your name? Because that was the first thing that got you a ton of attention. Everyone was suddenly like, who is Perez Hilton? What is this? Well, I realized that the way that I was doing things was different from how they were done before, not just in terms of, you know, being able to share information with people a lot sooner, you know, but back in the day, well, it was so different in 2004. Like you have to remember in 2004, all of the celebrity magazines, they weren't even breaking news on their websites. It was just- Well, they go, didn't have websites. So they did, but it was just go to people.com to sign up for a subscription for the magazine. Go to usweekly.com to sign up for a subscription for the magazine. Nobody was using their websites to break news. It was still all about the print edition. Mm -hmm. And I remember like one of my first big scoops, I, was li I lived in Los Angeles failed actor working at the Gay Men's Magazine. And I had a bunch of friends that at the time worked at New Line Cinemas, which was on Robertson Boulevard back in the day. And Lindsay Lohan got into a car crash and then sped, and then like left her car there and went running into a store that my friends found out about it. And then they took photos for me and they send it to me. And within hours of it happening, I got it up on my website before anybody else, you know? so. The, the, the speed at which I could share things with people was different. And also how I talked about the celebrities and how I interacted with my readers. You know, it was very familial. I, I treated my, re my audience like they were my friends and I still do. Mm -hmm. And I made a lot of mistakes because of that. But let's go back but, to the name. How did oh, you name, get right. the name? Sorry. Yeah, okay. I've known track. you for long enough. I can make you, I can keep right. you on the track. Um, I realized that, uh, I was talking about people in a way that was different that would that that was upsetting a lot of folks. So not that long after starting when I still thought nobody was reading my little blog, I started to get some death threats. <laughs> what and caused the death threats? I don't do this anymore. It goes back to what I was saying about talking to my my audience like they were my friends, you know, amongst friends, the gays would talk about all the other gays that were yes. closeted. Yes. I And I was talking about Clay Aiken back in the day. I don't mean to laugh because you pissed off the Claymates. I did. They were, they, they, they not only sent me death threats, they doxed me. Like they revealed my phone number and my address. And I'm like, whoa, maybe I should um, just not use my real name. Cause I've, at first, I'm like, well, people forget about this. And, and you know. You're like, it'll go away. Well, yeah, because exactly. you, you, you came out and said, Oh, please, people, Clay Aiken's gay. Yeah, and he was. And I regret that, though, because I've, I've learned better. Although what's fascinating is, you know, I was, thank God I'm in therapy now. <laughs> uh, I, last year, 2020, pushed me to get back into therapy. And I was telling my therapist that if we're lucky enough to get older, I think the more things change, the more they stay the same. Like, sure. yeah, I've seen this before. And yeah, we're really moving to that direction. So then we counter to this direction. And, you know, like 
people just get upset over like the most random, ridiculous things. And um, I don't, I don't even know what I was saying. Okay, so, so the clay, so you, the clay, so you, the clay, you let, you let them people know that Clay Aiken was gay, which was not a shocker. The yeah, claymates who were these radical, no, I was yes. like rabid Clay Aiken fans yes. of a certain, they were a little bit older women. Mm-hmm. And so they <laughs> started to believe it. Yes. And you thought, oh shit, I need to change my name. Yeah. Well, here's what I was getting at. And I had a, I was scatterbrained. Um, I don't out people anymore, but it seems like the mainstream media does. Yes. Especially when it comes to female on female relationships. Like they see, oh, so-and-so has now been spotted with so-and-so. When it comes to gay men, I think the mainstream media is still like, oh, we shouldn't report that. Or if they do, they talk about it in code. Like so-and-so is hanging out with his roommate or whatever it might be. But when it comes to women, there's like this double standard. So yeah, I do regret that. And um you know, it's nice to see that Clay Aiken is a, a father now. And yeah. um, but how did it get you think? to your name? I like to. Oh, I love the oh fact that God. the cl- right. I love the fact so, that the claymates did so set you I, death threats. I needed a new name, and sh- like the name came to me within a matter of months. I started blogging in September two thousand and four. In December of 2004, I went down to Miami, which is where I'm from, to visit my mom for the holidays. And back then, Paris Hilton was as popular as Kim Kardashian is today. Like, we forget, but Paris was everywhere. Oh, she she was... You could not do anything without having Paris somehow involved. Yeah. So, you know, I was meeting up with my friends in Miami Beach and... I saw that there was like a reserved uh, table at one of the lounges that we went to. And I'm like, oh, can we sit over here? And and because um, well, because it was empty for a while. I'm like, hey, can we just sit here? They're like, no, Paris Hilton is coming. I'm like, oh, cool. Oh my God, Paris Hilton is coming. Then the next night we went to another place and the same thing, like word around that club was that Paris Hilton was coming. And I'm like, oh, please. I figured out the scam. All these people are just like trying to get folks to think that Paris Hilton is coming to all these different clubs and she's not going to show up anywhere, but maybe Perez Hilton will. And as soon as I said that jokingly to my friends, I'm like, Perez Hilton? Wait a minute. I love this. I just love the name because it's kind of what I'm all about, right? Like the Perez is the outsider. It's the gay. It's the Latino. It's the me doing things differently. And the Hilton is the the mainstream, the Hollywood. And the thing that remains the same is 17 years later, no matter how much of an insider I am, I'm still an outsider. Which I kind of, you know, I think your mother maybe felt that way too. As do I. I think that 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 is one of the characteristics of this business. It just is. So all of a sudden, your career, and it to you it probably didn't seem like overnight, but it did happen very quickly, and you exploded onto the scene. You had, or still have, a record label. You had multiple websites. You, you know, it was like anything, if Perez was mentioning you, you mattered. What was it like? And I think this is right around when we first met. It was a very exciting and heady time for you. What, from your point of view, what 
what was that like? And did you get carried away a little bit, do you think? Oh, I definitely got carried away. And I think that happens for most people. Most, yeah, if, when, if, yeah. If you're lucky enough to have big success, you drink the Kool-Aid, as they say. Uh, you know, it happened to the lady behind me, Lady Gaga. Yeah. She drank the Kool-Aid as well. Uh, but thankfully, from what I see now, she's found her center and is a lovely person that does a lot of good for others. Um, hopefully, thankfully, my, um, I mean, I, my carried away phase didn't last as long as like my, oh, wow, snap right. out of that phase. I'm, ta- I'm taking you back in time because I remember going to your house and you were putting up new wallpaper. Like you were starting to sort of, you had just bought your house and you were starting to sort of reap the rewards of success. What was that? I mean, you started this as like a funny blog. All of a sudden, when did you go, holy shit, I have power? I never viewed it as power. Or maybe because I was always aware of two things. Like I always and still work so hard. I think it's because of that, you know, Cuban work ethic uh, and because of that anxiety and the fear that it's all going to go away. Right. Oh, I have to keep working hard. You know, I've, I've, I've worked too hard to get to this point. I can't let it all slip away. And I do think that, you know, that's one of the main reasons mm-hmm. why 17 years later, listen, I'm honest. I'm not as hot as I used to be, but I'm still here. I'm an icon, okay? Like you I may are. not I may not be an it girl. I've grown what I'm trying to get at is I grew out of my it girl phase and I'm in a different phase now where I'm trying to be more entrepreneurial and do other things. But you were always very entrepreneurial. Oh. I mean, how did you were someone who said, I mean, did you ever believe that the internet was like the next frontier. Did you have that no, that no. foresight to say, oh, I'm going to get on this early? No, I just, what I was good at was communicating with people and being media savvy, knowing how to work things, how to work it, uh, faking it till you make it, you know, going back to Paris Hilton for a second, you know, back in the early days of my blog and career, everybody was telling me, Paris is just using you for favorable coverage. And at the time, I wish I could have told them like, duh, I know, and I'm using her back. Right. (laughs) You know, like I would go everywhere. Like I went to the Cannes Film Festival. I used to go to the Super Bowl. Anywhere that celebrities were at, I wanted to be. I don't go out as much anymore because now I've got three kids. Well, we're going to get to the kids. Yes. I I look back at that time like I was a... a functioning hardcore drug addict because it, a lot of it was out of control. And, and I do regret so much of that time, you know, attention. But you weren't was, a drug, you weren't no, a drug no. addict. My drug was attention, right? right? Like I was getting all this attention. It's like, wow, let me just say something crazy to like get a reaction out of people or a celebrity. Cause I wanted the response and I, I say that I was a drug addict to attention because drug addicts know that what they're doing isn't exactly the best for them, or they know that if they're stealing from their mother or sister, that's not a good thing to do, but they still do it because they're drug addicts. And I'm not saying that to justify my actions. I take full accountability. 
you know, I almost wish I would have released my memoir this year because getting back into therapy has helped me see things so differently. Uh, you know, I didn't realize- That's what sequels are for. Yeah, but, oh. but wait, they are. But I want to know, what would you say to your younger self now where you are today? What I would, would you say, say? I would say make your health a bigger priority because I never, I always, oh, work, 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 work. And yes, like I said, hard work pays off, but for a long time, I also ignored my health. I wasn't eating well, I became ginormous. And then you got uh, really skinny. Yeah, and then I, I, I wasn't sleeping much and now I'm trying to get more sleep and I realize, oh wow, getting eight hours of sleep a night helps so much in so many, in so many ways. Right, you haven't figured out that you will never get a full night's sleep now that you're a parent? I, I have to, I've been trying to force myself just because, you know, I was really, really very depressed last year and got back into therapy and my therapist suggested, well, what's your sleep? Try to force yourself to get more sleep and getting, forcing myself to like sacrifice work or let other things suffer and getting the eight hours really helped in, in so many ways. So um, I don't, I haven't, I've been falling back into the bad habit of not getting that much sleep again. So I've got to make that a priority once more. <laughs> but a lot of stuff that we sort of take for granted now, like celebrity couple nicknames came from you. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, when your Brad first Pitt, one was. Yeah. When Brad Pitt and Angelina broke up, I was. No, devastated. got together. Oh, when with they, the, oh, yeah. Yeah. When they broke up, I was devastated because at the beginning of my career, they were it. And I remember I was the first media outlet to publish photos of them together as a couple making a mistake. I used photos without paying for them. And then I got sued up the wazoo by the paparazzi. But so many people went to my website to see those photos that they crashed it. It was wild. And I gave them the nickname Brangelina amongst a bunch of other nicknames. Uh, so yeah, you know, um, don't you wish uh, you had copywritten that name? Like you, you would like trademark that name because that way every time someone wrote it, you would get paid. I didn't think that way. I, I wish I would have thought that way. And you did Tomcat. I did. Tomcat. I did. Wow, I remember that. Wow, Brangelina. Everybody knows. How did you just? How did you even figure that out? It just came to you. I just with everything that I did, I was like, how can I do things differently than how everybody else is doing them? How can I, even just by doodling on the pictures, make them, make the experience more entertaining for people and crazy and silly and fun. So I would make up, I would make up stupid words that I don't use them anymore. Did you also do celebutant? I might have, and some other variations of that that yes. aren't uh, as pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. How has the gossip business changed in your opinion? Oh my gosh. Well, it's become such a saturate, oversaturated market now. You know, now not only are the celebrity magazines talking about celebrities on their websites, but like every radio station, every single radio station in the country is doing celebrity news on their websites and on their social media, which is why I still think all these years later, my website is just as important because it's overwhelming for people. But if you read PerezHilton.com, 
you don't need to read anything else. Like I've got it covered for you. <laughs> I've got you, the best filter. How do you find your stories? How has that changed? Because we all know, I think it's a you know poorly kept secret that celebrities plant their own stories. Oh yeah. How, you know, when did that, did that, did, was that already happening when you first started or how, give me like, how would you get your stories? How would these things happen? Yeah, uh, celebrities themselves would give me stories or as I mentioned, my friends, or I would make new friends. Yeah, one of my best friends uh, is somebody that I met in Vegas uh, early on in my career, who then I have a Vegas source who worked in the nightclub industry, who then started feeding me all these great nightclub Vegas stories as well. Uh, so the more you do something, the better at it you get and sort of like the easier it becomes mm -hmm. as well. What was the most, what, what story was the most shocking to you that you got information on or that a celebrity actually fed to you? I mean, I think it would have to be probably be a Michael Jackson story. I mean, there's so could many. It a, could, it, could it be a Britney story? I mean, Britney Spears is the person that I've spoken about the most on my website throughout the last 17 years. Um, and the most shocking stories, I mean, I would say maybe because it felt so personal to me, the Rihanna situation with Chris Brown and because the photo leaked and we saw that, like we saw the extent of the awfulness of what happened. And I remember something that you said, uh, I think before we started the podcast that you wanted to talk about, which was like stories to look out for. I'm just jumping all over the place. I'm going to answer okay. that. I'm going to answer that right now because so I said, what are the stories that we should be on the lookout for? What's, What's bubbling and percolating that hasn't come to fruition yet? You know, I think the silencing of voices, not just on the right, uh, you know, free speech doesn't really exist on social media. And, you know, we keep having all these conversations about woke culture, like Joe Rogan is so upset that he thinks, you know, heterosexual white men are being attacked and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But um, I was talking to my therapist. I'm like that guy who talks about therapy all the time now. It's all good. It's all it's good. All good. I've, I've noticed that, and may, maybe you could chime in because you have a son around this same age. A lot of really young people, teenagers and in their early 20s, aren't able to have disagreements with people. They're not able to have conversations with people who think differently. And if you do think differently, you're the enemy, you're awful, you're evil. And then I was telling my therapist, you know, I think I used to be the same way. Like when I was young, I used to think in terms of right or wrong, black or white, there wasn't gray. And now that I'm older, I realize it's not as simple as that. And often the truth is somewhere in the middle. And the only people who really know the truth are the ones that lived it. But we're also having these conversations about cancel culture. And I brought up Chris Brown because Chris Brown has been canceled, but he has not been canceled because he still has a thriving career. I still hear him on the radio. 
the radio plays Chris Brown. And here's an even more extreme example. Bill Cosby, convicted rapist, currently in prison. If he doesn't die in jail and is released, if he wants to do a stand-up comedy tour, he would get booked. He would find venues that would put his show on and he would probably have sellouts. Yeah, People would not care that he raped women. So I, I, I see exactly what you're saying, but it is interesting. What, what have you, what are you no longer allowed to say that you would not have thought twice about saying in the beginning? Like not even that, but like some young people, if teenagers, if I even talk about these popular influencers, like you shouldn't even be talking about them. You're old, you're too old to be in young people's business. Like that kind of sentiment. I'm like, well, you clearly don't know who I am and I'm gonna talk about whatever I wanna talk about. Have you met me? But you know what, you guys are right. I was looking at something the other day, how these young people are like on a mission to free the Menendez brothers. It's like they've gone, yes, have you guys not seen any of this on TikTok? They have all these, it's amazing. And I'm just like, they've gone back and they've analyzed, it's this this younger generation and they're like- They admitted to killing their parents. There's not a lot to talk about. but go look at it and you'll see. So what Perez is saying is like, it's things are definitely seen through a different lens now versus in our generation and back in the day. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, so what, what, what are the big stories obviously that are, that we should keep watching like Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck? Yeah. I love that one. Um, what's, what's you know, percolating? For me personally, where, where is there, a- where's there smoke that we're going to find fire? Well, I'm obsessed this week. That's what I, 17 years. Well, I like to be honest. I don't love everything no. that I do. And I still work too hard and I I have constant parental guilt. Like I'm working too hard. I need to work less. I'm working too hard. I'm the worst father, Uh, but I don't have a few money in the bank. I made a lot of mistakes and I got sued. And, you know, I think that's a good thing too. I think having to work for a living and having a purpose is a good thing or not purpose, but like just, I don't know. I don't know. That's what I tell myself to make myself feel better for not having a few money in the bank. But I'm loving this uh, Kim Kardashian, Courtney Kardashian, Travis Barker, Shayna Mokler quadrangle drama. We all know that Travis Barker, the Blink-182 drummer and producer, is dating Courtney Kardashian. And but they've been people- posting a lot of PDA, much more than Courtney's ever posted in the past. Oh yeah. I think she's feeling some kind of way. Mm. And I love it. You know, I think that's another great thing about getting older. I feel like I have more compassion and understanding and I'm like, everybody just wants to be happy. And if that makes you happy, then freaking do it. I can make fun of it. I get the good silly and not for me and I wouldn't do it, but I celebrate you doing it. And it's great for business also. (laughs) But a lot of people forget that back in the day, Kim, used to date Travis Barker. Oh, I don't remember that. No, me either. It, it, it wasn't Before that he married Shanna? No, no, no. During. Stop it. Stop yes. it. 
Shayna Mokler claims that Kim Kardashian is the reason her relationship with Travis Barker ended. And Ooh. she's been talking about this on her Instagram recently. And Shane is also fighting with her kids, which is sad. Her children are 15 and 17 and they call her an absentee mother. Yeah, I just saw that. It's just really messy and um, a bit of a train wreck, uh, but- and, and Kim K denies it, of course. I don't know if I believe her because multiple people have confirmed that relationship back in the day. Even Aubrey O'Day, who used to be friends with Kim K back then, last year in 2020, before Courtney was with Travis, shared this Instagram story that resurfaced about how Kim and Travis were hooking up back in the day. So, and they're not the first, you know, the Kardashian Jenner sisters have shared many men. Chloe and Kim also shared the game. Courtney, right. Courtney and Kylie both hooked up with Justin Bieber. Oh, I remember that now. Yeah. Courtney and no, um, Kylie and Kendall both, no, sorry, it was, I get them confused. Uh, Kendall and Courtney both hooked up with Justin Bieber. Um, I feel like I need a flow chart. Yeah, Kendall and Kylie both hooked up with Travis Scott. And then Kylie was one that ended up having a baby with him. So sharing is caring in the Kardashians. Uh, uh, yeah. Wait a minute. I was talking say, about sharing the love. They took it yeah. to a whole nother level. I don't know. I, I know that everyone is like, uh, you know, did Kim, didn't Kim. I have to say, like, he doesn't seem like each other's type but we have oh, to go back come on, Melissa. well no but we have to go roll back to the days when kim was famous for being paris's friend that's so, when he met her right and that was that whole right before she got together with reggie bush and all that and the so, ray j video of course and the ray j video for god we all forget about that oh i don't didn't we? i did <laughs> not me how <laughs> i was gonna say how, you know, and this is something I talked to my son about, and I'm sure it's a conversation you have had or are about to have with your kids because your oldest is... Eight. Eight. So you've got a couple more years. Nothing goes away. No. Nothing on the internet goes away. And, like, just the fact that Aubrey O'Day is, like, digging this shit up, I feel like people now try, try and be the loudest voice online to get attention yeah. and purposely say something controversial to get attention. You come out of a world and have learned the hard way that if something is not a thousand percent fact-checked, you can get in a shit ton of trouble. How diligent are you, A, in trying to avoid that nightmare, but reporting, but also in the language you use because you have, there's all sorts of keywords you can put in to protect yourself. Yeah. Like allegedly. Yeah, I don't want to get sued anymore, yeah. for sure. Um, or like even the whole Ben and Jen thing. I had somebody tip me off that they were together in Montana before the news broke, but they didn't include any photos. It was a random person who I didn't know, and I didn't want to then publish that and be wrong. I sort of now regret it, not regret not running it, but I should have at least done it as a blind item or something like. Explain blind items to people. A blind item would have been like, you know, what recently sing what recently single singer actress 
has just been spotted in Montana with her former fiance, who also is recently single or something like that. Uh, so you don't mention names, but you kind of like give enough information so that people know what it is. Yeah, you were, you were being gun shy because of your experience. Experience has taught you some things, wouldn't you say? Well, yeah, and I don't think I would have gotten sued for that if it was wrong, but I just don't like being wrong. You know, well, I don't want to put incorrect who does? And by yeah. the way, when your oldest becomes a teenager and all three are teenagers at the time, you're going to be amazed at how much you do wrong that you don't even know that you do. <laughs> just, I'm just, I'm, as a friend, I'm sharing this with you. Um, who sued you? Oh God, everybody's sued me. A bunch of paparazzi agencies sued me. But that's but that's the thing because of using photos. Have yes. any celebrities sued you? Yes. Um, Colin Farrell, I believe, sued me because back in the day I posted his sex tape. I don't do that anymore. Um, Britney Spears record label sued me because I leaked one of her songs. Universal Pictures sued me on behalf of Jennifer Aniston because and this one irks me. This one really annoys me. Tell a, us, tell us. A French magazine somehow obtained illegally procured stills from a movie that Jennifer Aniston made, and she's topless in the stills, but the, that scene never made it into the movie. But somehow the, 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 the frames leaked and the French magazine published it. And then I published a, a screen. Um, a, a photo a, of the photo. A photo of the photo of the, from the magazine. I was like, look, it's the magazine that public, you could see that it was from a magazine. And I got sued and the French magazine didn't. That's wow. crazy. You but know why? You, you were the low line fruit, honey. That's all. I've been sued by Samantha Ronson for saying that she was a bad influence on Lindsay Lohan. Where have you I, gotten in trouble that you turned out to be right? Well, with that one, I won the lawsuit. Really? So, for you. And then she had to pay my legal bills, which was nice. So what did you, you said she was a bad influence. She sued you and the, they said, you can't- was my opinion. Yeah, you can't, did, yeah. If your opinion yeah, is, like, is your opinion. Yeah, yeah, I think you're a bad influence. That's my opinion. And just recently, uh, you and I were talking on Clubhouse, Lindsay Lohan jumped into one of your chats. Yeah, I am so happy to see her happy. It seems like she's in a much healthier place and in Dubai, away from all the craziness of showbiz and living a normal life with her boyfriend. Which is great. Yeah. So you're in the last 17 years, you've done, you're very close with your mother. She now lives with you. Yeah. And you have not one, not two, but three kids. Yeah. What did you always want to have children? Yes. And, and I knew I always wanted to have three. There was a why three? Well, I've got a great answer for you. Well, I'm excited um, to hear it. Well, first of all, I don't really have a big family. So I wanted my kids to be able to have more than just one other person that they could always count on. And also, statistically speaking, if you have three, let's say you have one kid who's a total screw up, another kid who's just very average, then at least the third one will be exceptional, okay? <laughs> I wow. need to have at least one exceptional child. 
Well, but so far, all three are exceptional. <laughs> Especially, I'm sure they're going to love that rationality. Yeah, they're going to love that rationale. Well, we rolled the dice, and I just got lucky, but I was really prepped for both, for two of you to just not live up to expectations. <laughs> well, you know, you have to be a realist. I think that's also why subconsciously or even consciously, I wanted to have children without a partner. Because really? because most relationships don't work out. And because I knew I was always gonna be the best dad possible. And for me, that if I could control it, I didn't wanna have to worry about, okay, four days here, three days there, four days here again, three days there. I wanna parent a certain way. The other dad wants to parent a different way. No, 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 no. I'm the dad. I decide how things are done and that's that. Are they biologically half yours? Yeah, they all have my sperm and they're all biologically the my sperm and the same egg donors. That's amazing. So they are all 100% biological yeah. uh, siblings. Do you get to hear your mom say, they were just like you at that age and boo, 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 boo. Oh yeah, all the time, all the time. Or just like her, she claims a lot ooh, too. Ooh. So, <laughs> you know, I went through this a lot and I know how close you are with your mom, just like I was so close with my mom. Does she spoil them? My mother liked to undermine my parenting. Yes. And then criticize me for things that I wasn't doing right that she had caused. She would undermine me. Yeah, she does that all the time. But I just think how thankful I am that, you know, she's still here and, you know, able to, in a way, be like a second parent to my kids, like even more so than a, a grandmother because she lives and, and I grew up the same way my grandparents lived with us which is why you know I think all my kids are going to be exceptional I tell all my children that when they're older they're gonna have to have either a bedroom or a guest house for me in their houses all of them in all of their houses although my dream scenario would be the compound my, yes yes the compound. i need a compound with four homes one for me and one for each of my kids so we all need to be making enough money or they do to make that happen um and you know i tell my kids that i love them and i will support them no matter what dot 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 with one exception yeah. and i tell that to them this now as like i will love you and support you no matter what but you can't be lazy. Now, granted, they don't need to be as driven and hungry as me, but you still can't be lazy. No. Yeah. Do you, are you a strict parent? I know you're in a lot of ways, because I follow you on Instagram, you're a very traditional parent in a lot of ways. A lot of please, a lot of thank you, a lot of not just TV, reading, a lot of going out as a group, going to museums, doing this, doing that. Um, so I, I think of you as a little bit more of a traditional parent. Oh yeah. What? Or like I don't even I don't even let my and I don't care if people think this is whatever. Uh, I don't even let my daughters wear bikinis. I see and I see you know five year olds wearing bikinis and I'm like oh, not for me but okay great if you want to do that. I, you know what? I totally, I concur with you on that. My daughter did the whole cheer thing and I was the mother going, too much makeup, no, can't do it. She's bending over too far. How shame on you, you know? Oh, that, I remember I 
I remember when you got crazy when they wanted to put the little ones in and show their midriff. I remember oh, you came I crazy. Was, I, Nuts. I, mean, I was like, this is so wrong. I'm both. So I'm, wrong. I'm fun, I remember I'm fun, that. but I'm also strict so, and I believe are in you consequences a and I have expectations and I believe in honesty with my children. Like, Are there expect like now? And some people criticize me for this, but I don't care. Like the other day, my son was reading to me a poem that he wrote at school and I was like, oh, why did you write this? He's like, oh, my teacher read one and it went like this. And he basically just copied it. And I'm like, well, I'm a little disappointed because it's okay to be inspired by something and make it your own, but just copy exactly what your teacher did. Hmm, I expect more. So I have high expectations for my kids, but I shower them with unconditional love and hugs and constantly remind them that I'm so proud of them and lucky to be their father. I think well, that's a nice formula. I do too. And I, and I know we're not allowed to say we have expectations anymore. That's like a bad parenting word, but by the way, my I grew up with expectations and so did my son. Perez, what before I let you go, what's what are you working on? What's the latest and greatest? What's next? Well, before I let you go, I just have to talk about Joan Rivers for a minute because I say this in interviews all the time. And I you know that I don't say things I don't mean. Joan Rivers is one of my biggest inspirations in life for so many reasons. I actually saw your mother like she was working up until she died. Yeah. And I saw one of her very last shows. I went to see her at this little basement club in Times Square on 42nd Street. What was that place called? Um, I don't know. Oh, uh, I'm blank. The Not Laurie the Beachman Theater. Yes, yes. I was going to say the Beachman. Yes, I saw her at the Laurie Beachman Theater like a couple of weeks before she passed. And you know, I watched her documentary and that really resonated with me. And she passed around the 10 year anniversary of me being Perez Hilton, 2014, I'll never forget it. So I had the opportunity to meet her a bunch of times mm -hmm. and I was on your reality show with her twice and I did In Bed with Joan and she was just always so kind. And I remember she would send me all this jewelry to give my she mom. She adored you, she adored you. And yeah, I, and, and I, I adored her and her struggle and her story and 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 I learned so much from her and from that documentary like one of the things is earlier we were talking about you know when you're hot and drinking the Kool-Aid but your mother had such a long career and it was up and down and it was everything and some people might criticize her and they did or, or criticize her for like you know talking in the documentary like show me if you give if you give me my rate I'll show up at the opening of an envelope but that's one of the reasons why she did have such a long career because she didn't judge the work. And for a while there, I did. Like, I would say stupid things like, that's not cool, that's lame. I'm like, now that I got three kids, I don't care if something's lame. If people enjoy a TV show or if they're willing to pay me enough, I'll do it. And the only way to keep working is to stay working. Yes. If you don't work long enough, you're not going to keep working. Uh, it, 100%. Our running joke in our family was always, how much? What is it? Yeah. So, okay, so what do you have going on? Well, I'm launching something new, a product, which I'm very excited about. Uh, hasn't been announced yet, but I've never done before. So I'm really happy and 
committed, just beyond belief to making this successful um, and just trying to be happy. Well, you have our support. Happier. So you have our Thank support you. 100%. Perez, you look Thanks. amazing. You sound amazing. Oh. And we're all still here. Oh, thank Yay. you. Thank well, I'm you. I'm happy to still be here. Me too. <laughs> Love you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.